Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the wisdom of Solomon as we pick up in 1 Chronicles, chapter 22, verse 6. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So Solomon, in observing David as, as a poor disciplinarian and seeing the result of David's laxity in this particular area speaks about if you spare the rod you'll spoil the child the foolishness of the world is bound up in the heart of the child but the rod of instruction driveth it far from him a child left to himself will bring a reproach unto his mother and so Solomon had a lot of things to say concerning the discipline of children because he saw where David lacked in the discipline. But where David, for the most part, was a poor father in his failure in the disciplining of his sons, yet in this particular case, David shines as he is now instructing his son Solomon in the ways of the Lord. Now, David did not take enough time with his children. But now in his old age, as he has got to turn the reins of the government over to his son and this tremendous task of building this temple unto the Lord, he He gives to Solomon the best advice that any father could ever pass on to his son. Marvelous advice. David encouraged Solomon to seek wisdom and understanding. And I think that it is significant that when Solomon began his reign, and God said to Solomon, What do you want me to give to you? No doubt remembering the advice of his father David, Seek wisdom and understanding. Solomon said, Grant unto thy servant that I might have wisdom and understanding that I might be able to rule over this thy great people. That's exactly what David told Solomon to seek. And when Solomon prayed unto the Lord and desired that he might receive the wisdom and understanding, God was pleased with the request of Solomon and said, I, because you did not ask for fame or riches, but for wisdom and understanding, I will not only give you what you asked, but I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you great wealth and fame and so forth so that your fame will spread throughout all the world. So Solomon was no doubt remembering these sagacious words of his father to seek wisdom and understanding. And then David said, and walk in the statutes and the judgments and the commandments of the Lord in order that you may be prosperous. Now, In the first psalm, David links prosperity with the keeping of the law of God. And many places in the scriptures, these things are are linked together. When Moses turned over the reins to Joshua, 
He commanded him to meditate into the, into the law and into the commandments. And thus shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thus shalt thou have good success. Now David is again linking a prosperous reign to obedience to the law, the statutes, the judgments, the commandments of God. In other words, the law is God's rules for a happy, prosperous life. You see, there are spiritual rules that govern in the universe or spiritual laws, even as there are physical laws that govern in the universe in which we live. Now, we are very conscious of the physical laws. You're all sitting in your chairs instead of floating in the room because there's a law of gravity and it, it, it's the attraction of masses. And, and thus, we know that the law of gravity exists. Now, just why masses attract, we may not know. I don't know why there is an attraction of masses and a pull of masses, according to the size of the mass. I don't understand mc squared, but I know that it's there. I know that it exists, and I live by the law. Now, I don't, knowing and understanding the law, I don't go out and defy the law of gravity because I know that that will bring problems too. I don't test to see if the law is still working day by day. Nor do I defy it because I can't understand how it works. Well, I don't understand how gravity works, so I'm going to jump off this building because I just don't understand how it works. I don't see why I have to obey it, why I have to do it if I can't understand it. If I defy the law, I'm going to suffer. Whether I understand it or not, it's still going to operate. There is a law of magnetism. There is a law of electricity. And there are certain natural laws that govern our universe. And we are aware of them. We learn to use them. We learn to abide by them and respect them. Now, in the same token, there are certain spiritual laws that govern in the spiritual world and in the spiritual universe. And though you still may not understand them, how they operate, yet they do operate. And it's wise that you learn to live by them. Respect them. And, of course, you can use them for great advantage. Now, God has set forth these spiritual laws. There are laws for happiness. There are laws for prosperity. There are laws for many things that do govern our lives, and God has set them forth. Now, I can't understand how they work. That doesn't keep them from working. And many times, because we can't understand, and in fact, we almost defy the law, we say, well, that isn't true in my case. My case is different. And we, we sometimes violate the law of God thinking that we have some kind of a special case that the law doesn't apply to us or we don't understand it and so we defy it and then we wonder why we're hurting. 
We wonder why we're in such sorrow and such misery. We wonder why we're having so many problems. Well, I've defied the laws of God, the spiritual laws that God has set. Now, how in the world can it be that the more I give, the more I'm going to receive? That doesn't make sense to me. And yet, that's what the Bible declares. Give, and it shall be given unto you, measured out, pressed down, running over, shall men give in your bosom. And whatsoever measure you meet, it's going to be measured to you again. If you sow abundantly, you're going to reap abundantly. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Oh, I'm beginning to understand a little bit now. I have a field out here. And I take five kernels of corn. And I go out and plant those five kernels of corn. Chances are I'll get four stalks of corn. But I'm not going to get much of a return. But if I take a bushel of corn and out in that field and plant a bushel, the more I sow, the more I'm going to reap come harvest time. Well, yeah, I can understand that. Well, it's a principle and it works. I don't know how it works, but it does work. The more you give to God, the more God returns to you, measured out, pressed down, running over. It's a spiritual law. I can't explain how it operates. All I can do is affirm that it does operate. It does work. There are spiritual laws that govern the universe, and many people, because they can't understand them, fail to use them and thus lack the benefits. Now, what if you said, I am not going to use any electrical appliance until I fully understand the laws of electricity? I want to know why these positive charged currents and so forth can bring power and you know, the alternating currents and so forth. And, and I want to know whether or not the electricity runs through the wire, around the wire, or how it's transmitted. And think of all of the benefits you would be missing out on if you had to understand completely the law of electricity before you attempted to use it for your benefit. And yet there are people that do say that concerning spiritual laws well, I don't understand how it works. And thus they don't use. And thus they don't advantage from the spiritual laws that God has set. Now, basically, the law that God gave was a law of prosperity, a law of happiness. Blessed or happy is the man who meditates in the law day and night for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so David relates it in the first psalm, and he relates it here with Solomon. Now keep the law and the statutes and the judgments of the Lord. And yet there are people that do say that concerning spiritual laws. Well, I don't understand how it works and thus they don't use, and thus they don't advantage from the spiritual laws that God has set. 
Now, basically, the law that God gave was a law of prosperity, a law of happiness. Blessed or happy is the man who meditates in the law day and night, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so David relates it in the first psalm, and he relates it here with Solomon. Now keep the law and the statutes and the judgments of the Lord, that you might be prosperous, that your reign might be prosperous over these people. And thou shalt prosper if you take heed to fulfill the commandments, the statutes, the judgments. Now be of good courage. Dread not. Don't be dismayed. Now behold, in my trouble, I've prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold and a million talents of silver and of brass and iron without weight and the timbers. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, the hewers and the workers with stone and timber, all manner of skillful men for every manner of work. And of the gold and silver, the brass, the iron, there is no measuring of it. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. And that's usually the, the way the work of God is done. Arise and get going, and the Lord be with thee. David also commanded all of the princes of Israel to help Solomon, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And hath he not given you rest on every side? For he hath given the inhabitants of the land in my hand, and the land subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the holy vessels of God from the house that is to be built in the name of the Lord. And so David, when he was old, made Solomon his son king over Israel. Now, David then began to set forth the order of the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. Now, David here demonstrates that not only is he a powerful king, a leader, but he's also an excellent administrator. And, of course, David had great personal wealth, and he had hundreds of servants that they all had to be fed. And so, you know, he had to administrate in very many areas. And David was just a very adept, adequate administrator also. And as we get into chapter uh, 23, we find how David uh, set up the priesthood and, and the first thing that he, he established, he gathered together all the princes of Israel, the priests of the Levites. Now the Levites were numbered from the age of 30 years and up, and their number by their 
Polls, man by man, was 38,000, of which 24,000 were set forward in the work of the house of the Lord, and 6,000 were officers and judges, and 4,000 were porters, and 4,000 praised the Lord with the instruments which David said, I made to praise therewith. Now, David was an inventor. He invented instruments. He was a musician. Our first look at David practically was when he was brought to play the harp before Saul. He was a skilled musician. Uh, he wrote a lot of songs. He uh, had an artistic side to his character and nature, and yet he was an administrator. He was a king. He was a tremendous warrior. He was just a man with really well-rounded talents. And uh, so uh, we see his, first of all, setting out. Now, 24,000 priests. Uh, that's more priests than, than what you need for a service. And so David set up orders for the priesthood so that you would serve for maybe two weeks out of a year. Now, that was a pretty good job. You work for two weeks, and then the rest of the time you're on your own. And so they would come. They, the, the Levites lived throughout the land, and there were certain cities for the Levites. But in their appointed, and they, would, they, they set up, the order, and then they drew lots as who would be the first, the second, and third, and so forth. And so at your appointed order, you would come and you would fulfill the duties of the priest in the temple for a period of a couple of weeks, and then you'd go back to your family and, and to your home and to your fields and so forth, and you would take care of your own affairs. And uh, so... In the New Testament, this, this order that David established continued on up until the time of Christ for Zechariah, the priest, because he was of the order of Abia, had come, according to his course, to minister there in the temple, and it was his duty to offer the incense at the time of the sacrifice. And while he was offering this incense before the Lord is when the angel Gabriel appeared and told him that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a son, name him John, and he is going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. So that's still following the the order that David had established of the priesthood where they had their turns, they would come in and fulfill their obligations. So the priesthood fell in, in different orders. Those that actually ministered in the temple, actually those who were charged with the building of the temple. Now you see, in the old times of the tent in the wilderness, they had the porters, the guys who whenever they, they would move would have to break down the thing. Certain guys would break down the tent, fold it up, put it in packages and so forth. And then guys who were priests to carry the thing and guys to set it up. Now that they're going to be building a temple, this particular ministry of, of the priest is no longer going to be necessary. You're not going to need the guys to carry things anymore because it's all going to be established. And so the different duties now were created. And the duty that, to me, is very beautiful are the 4,000 who were just 
paid to be there and to spend their days praising God, singing and worshiping the Lord with the various instruments and just a constant worship of God that was going forth from the temple. To me, that is beautiful. And, and I think that it's neat anytime you want to come down here and, and just bring your guitar or whatever and just sing and praise the Lord and worship the Lord here in this place, you're welcome. I, I think it's beautiful that praises be going up unto the Lord from, from the place where we, where we gather to worship Him, to learn of Him. And so it was in the times of David that they had 4,000 men, that this was their job, just to play unto the Lord through the instruments that David had invented and created and all for them to worship God. And so uh, the various families, and of course we get now into the names and so forth, which uh, we pass over. And uh, so in verse 30 of chapter 23, though, their job was to stand every morning to thank and to praise the Lord and likewise at evening. So every morning, every evening, there were those who were just standing there praising the Lord and giving thanks to God. Beautiful, beautiful. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of First Chronicles on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order First Chronicles 22-23 through 23 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord fill your heart with praise and thanksgiving through the week that you might know God's work and God's victory, that you might seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and that you might realize the power and the glory of the God that you serve in order that you might see His work in your life in a very real and beautiful way. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Hey, I want to tell you about a biblical counseling ebook by Chuck Smith. It's pretty easy to download and takes only a minute. I can't tell you how grateful I am for something like this. It's a game changer for anyone who needs to counsel or talk with someone on the spot. 
Like when I'm talking with my friends and a complicated issue comes up, I can do a quick search on my phone and get immediate answers that lead them to God's Word. So not only do I get Pastor Chuck's commentary, but I can find out what the Bible says about it. There's seriously so many helpful topics, like dating or self-image, lust, waiting on God, or even what certain religions or cults mean. I could even use this when I have a question myself. To download the Biblical Counseling eBook by Chuck Smith, or to preview a demo, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. To find out more, you can call 1-800-272-9673. 1-800-272-9673.